Hello, my name is JD Henning and you're listening to Cheat the Camera, a podcast about short films and those who make them. Today, I'm talking with Ike Maunga about his short film, Ghosted. Go ahead and introduce yourself and give the audience a short introduction to your project. Yeah, um, I'm Ike Maunga. <laughs> I uh, wrote, directed, and edited this short film called Ghosted. Um, it's a short film about this um, woman in the dating world and she's getting kind of frustrated because all these guys, you know, she has a good date with them and then they don't get back to her. And um, she uh, slowly discovers that the reason why they aren't getting back to her is because they somehow mysteriously keep dying shortly after their first date with her. So they're <laughs> literally ghosting her. <laughs> yeah, it, and it's, it's a great little film project. I've got the link in the podcast description. So if you hadn't had a chance, please go ahead and... Uh, take a take a look at it. It's 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 funny. It's exactly what the concept uh, would uh, would make you suspect. It's it's a really fun little project. And so I'm interested. Is there a particular purpose that you had when you were filming this, or was this just I like this concept. I've got this great script. So let's go off and do this some weekend. Yeah, you know, it's kind of it's kind of funny because I mean, like you know, the the jokes in the title that like you know ghosted and you know it's become such a modern slang term that that's what it means when like you know guys or girls kind of just like you know abandon texting whoever they're talking with and so it started out as a joke um, mm -hmm. between me and my friend um, she was just kind of sharing her modern day like dating life and you know dealing with tinder and mm -hmm. all these like crazy mm -hmm. apps and just falling short and like all these guys ghosting her and then um after kind of having that conversation with her, me and my wife were kind of talking about it. And my wife made this joke that was like, what if they all just died? And I was like, that's actually really funny. Like, I, I think that's like, that would be such a funny concept. Yeah. And so um, that's like the starting point, but it's just kind of funny where it took me as like a writer because as I was writing it, um, again, it was just supposed to be like this funny idea that was just kind of dumb. But then um, as I just kept writing and taking it through more and more drafts, I, it, that's where it kind of... Um, Sorry, I don't know if I should spoil it, but, uh, you know, essentially, um, you know, it, she kind of uses this thing to this like curse, whether it's a curse or not. Um, she right. Uses this superstition to kind of like deal with uh, with trashy men. And so, yeah, like I'm saying, it's, it's just like kind of funny how it just started off as my joke. And then, you know, as I continued to write it and the way that the story just naturally took me, it kind of felt like... Um, you know, it, it was taking more of a, a serious tone, which, uh, right. which I kind of, I, I don't know, that kind of like that style of um, starting off funny and kind of bringing in the audience of that, but then trying to kind of send something a little more real and maybe, um, I don't know, maybe maybe get the audience thinking. I'm not sure, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's kind of how it all kind of came into fruition. Yeah, yeah, and I, I there were there were definitely a number of. I sort of uh, turns in the script that I hadn't been expecting because, you know, when you reached out to me, I essentially clicked on the link without having any context for it. And so the first, you know, minute, minute and a half is 
it feels like you're in sort of, you know, a Hallmark romantic comedy or something. And then, uh, you know, this, uh, the, these two, uh, you know, this young guy and this young woman are, you know, being clever and cute with each other. And then the guy goes off and he, he later off when he's off by himself, he slips and falls and you just see this sudden splatter of blood. Uh, and I thought, oh, wow, <laughs> this isn't what I was expecting at all. So I, yeah, I definitely really appreciated that. And then the tonal shift at the end, like you were just talking about how, you know, our, uh, what was the name of our protagonist here? Uh, Frankie. Frankie, yeah. She, she, you know, kind of processes, oh, wait, I think that I could use this um, to sort of take a, you know, like a, a sort of dark vengeance on all of the really, you know, like you were saying, trashy guys who are out there in the world. And that was, again, another another sort of tonal shift. It felt like we had sort of three different genres of film within this short film project. Yeah, and, and, I, and I hope it doesn't didn't feel like it was, uh, you know, tugging too hard on, one way or the other. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Because, like, I don't know, in my personal life, there's definitely just, like, moments where I'm, you know, joking around, and then the next moment I could just be like, wow, this I'm having like a serious moment. And that's kind of what I wanted for this film is to feel, right. know, to have those tugs and pulls in, into different directions, but hopefully it wasn't like giving the audience whiplash. <laughs> right, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And what has the reception for your project been like? Um, it's been it's been fairly well. I, I've, you know, I've been surprised because um, when, I, when I finished it, uh, I... I just, I, I, you know, we, when I when I went into it, my main goal was to, um, as, as like a filmmaker, this is the first time I've actually collaborated with other people. Mm. Um, usually when I'm making like a short film, mm -hmm. it's like just me. And then when I got married, that was like my poor wife was also my <laughs> crew member. <laughs> so like me and her would make films together, but it, like it was just us doing everything. And this was the first time mm -hmm. where I, you know, I felt that I had like, um, I had made some connections with people. Um, mm -hmm. I, I did some like free work for people so mm -hmm. it was like oh let, maybe I can actually like pull this crew together and actually you know actually function like a, a film set um but and so that was my main goal going into it and right when I finished it I, I didn't really like think about sending it to any festivals at first um and then after it was done I was actually like really proud of it and really proud mm -hmm. of the work that we all put into it and so mm -hmm. um I was like yeah what the hell I'll just start sending it to festivals um, and so far, pretty pretty good reception. Um, it got accepted into the Southern Shorts Awards um, oh, cool. in Georgia. Yeah, and so um, that festival has uh, already come, and it won Best Comedy. So, nice. Um, proud of that. Um, but even just overall, uh, I think, you know, it, it's 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 like my audience kept building out because like when I was done with it, I sent it to the cast and crew, and I'm like, is this something you guys are proud of? and the actors and you know the actors saying that they're it's something that they're proud of and it's something that they want to put on the reel is like very flattering to me yeah like, okay. so they like it okay good and then like crew members i'm like how do you guys like it and they're like yeah it's really good you know give yeah. me feedback and i'm like okay so they like it well okay let's push the boundaries now let's let's send it out to like a few of my friends and see what they think yeah um and then i send it to them and you know they kind of give me their feedback too of like yeah this is you know this is really good you know i, I really enjoyed it and then from there, I was like, okay, well, like, maybe I can just, maybe I'll post it on YouTube and, like, let's see how people get it. And right. I just kind of kept, like, pushing that boundaries. And so far, uh, yeah, very well received. Um, like, I, I'll admit it's not the most, um, like, artistic film, but I, I think it definitely has that entertaining factor that, mm -hmm. um, 
absolutely that i was kind of going for you know I, i'm not yeah this is a story that i just wanted to kind of uh, make people laugh and um from the few festivals that it's been and kind of been able to play at uh yeah so far it's just been you know people just enjoy it and that's that's really what i was going for absolutely yeah that makes sense yeah and so why don't you go ahead and tell me a little bit about the process so you you had this concept you scripted it out and then uh how did well actually i guess the the first big question is where are you based out of Oh yeah, so um, I wrote this while I was in Utah. So I so I'm originally from San Diego. Mm -hmm. um, I moved to Salt Lake City about three years ago, mm -hmm. and um, that's kind of just where I've been. And, and um, surprisingly, there's actually a, like a, a pretty big film network out here. Okay. Um, which took me by surprise, and you know, being around that kind of community uh, where there's a lot of film work, I kind of um, you know got more inspired. To, yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, I made this film uh, out of Utah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that makes sense. I saw a Utah license plate at one point and I thought, huh, I wonder. This is either some sort of very deep inside joke or it was probably filmed in Utah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's great to hear. I, I was born and spent the first couple of my years in Salt Lake City. Uh, and so I, I have an affection for that city. Uh, and it's great to hear that there's, there's a burgeoning film community out there. Um, so... Yeah, I, I think that there are a lot of people who might be listening to this right now who are sort of in a similar place to you, uh, you know, interested in film, have done some of their own projects, but maybe maybe for some of these folks, it's, it's similar to yourself. How do I how do I go beyond myself and the people who love me enough that they will let themselves be roped into this and and actually go a little bit beyond that? So how did you go about kind of it's starting to develop some inroads into the film community in your city. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's definitely about, I think, proving yourself. Um, and, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean like you got to be the absolute best. But from from the time that I got here, um, you know, I kind of just took any and every job. Mm. And, um, you know, if, if anybody, even if it was just something small of like, you know, oh, we need a PA, you know, I tried mm -hmm. to take that, mm -hmm. I tried to take grip jobs, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and just really start talking and not in a way where it's like I'm talking about, um, you know, I, I'm trying to push my project while we're mm -hmm. working on this guy's right. film. Right. But um, talking with people and just kind of right. understanding their skill set, what they're good at, what they want to do. Um, and really just, um, I don't know, it, you talk to enough people and for me, it was just kind of aligning uh, my goals with other filmmakers. Mm -hmm. um, so, for instance, that lead actress, um, she had uh, she had just served um, w when I first met her uh, was about two years ago. Mm -hmm. She had just come back from she she had served a, a church mission and she just came back. Oh, and she okay. Kind of looking like oh, I want to like kind of get into acting. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, well, I hey, like, if you want to, like, I have this script, it's just a really short script, and uh, mm -hmm. it'd be, like, something really easy to film, I'm sorry I can't pay you, but, like, mm -hmm. if you're looking to get into acting, then, like, let's do this, and then, yeah. um, and so we did that short film together, and, you know, again, just kind of proving yourself, I, she really liked my writing style, um, and so I guess that's what I kind of mean, is, like, finding people, because, I mean, I, you know, not everybody was going to like my writing style, but she did, mm -hmm. and so, yeah, um, absolutely, and so her and I kind of, like, you know, started filming, uh, forming that relationship of like, okay, so like, you do well with my, uh, you, you, you do well bringing my characters alive and mm -hmm. you enjoy my writing. So mm -hmm. now, now that's like, we're part of the team and kind of just doing that with every position I feel like is, as key. Um, you know, some of the, the grips that I met, 
it was just it, so sorry I, mean, I feel like i'm kind of rambling but basically i think to kind of take that next step of you know getting people to to hop on board mm-hmm. um my quick tangent i guess uh, i don't know if you're familiar with the show ted lasso oh right yeah um, of course i absolutely really love that show and it's because of just how great of a leader he is and the reason why he's able to like bring all these talented people together even though they're you know going through feuds um you know they're they're losing games but Mm -hmm. he's still able to bring them together and kind of align his goals with their goals and he's just Mm -hmm. such a great leader and a great role model and i guess that's the kind of way i see directing is like you're essentially a coach and mm-hmm. um, it may seem like the coach isn't doing anything but what your job is as a director is and you know director slash coach is getting all these people to do their best so that yeah. you can also look good as well yeah absolutely and, yeah and so i guess that's you know if i were to you know advise anybody to to kind of take that next step is just find those people that one believe in your dream mm-hmm. um but you know you don't want to take advantage of them so make sure that you also believe in their dream and right right kind of build those team bonding relationships yeah um, and, and and before you know it because again i i honestly like i didn't expect to have people on board with me and even through the whole time i was like are, you know are you guys sure you guys like want to be here <laughs> like you, guys, you know um that's just my anxiety coming through but you know you, you, like you'd, you'd be surprised. You'll be surprised uh, how many people actually believe in your dream and how many people align with your your dreams. So, um, yeah, before you know it, it'll happen, and you'll have a team, and you'll you'll make a great film. Yeah, that's that's really exciting. So, uh, talk a little bit about what production was like. How many days? Uh, sort of what was the environment like while you were filming? I I don't know if you went through the whole process of permitting and all of that for the city. Uh, what was it like? Yeah, certainly. Um, <laughs> so I got I got lucky. Um, I so I had the script on my shelf for a long time. And then mm. um, I met our producer, um, again, through that main actress, her name is Yvonne Bass. Mm-hmm. And um, she had done a few so she she does it all. She's a cinematographer, she's a grip, but then she's also an actress. So she's Oh, wow. She's a real all-star and she met this producer and she was like, oh, you got to meet my friend Ike. Um, He's really good and, you know, like talk with him and you guys should work on something together. Yeah. And so I I met with him and, um, uh, sorry, I met with the producer. His name is Michael Merrill. Okay. Um, Really great guy. Definitely knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And we kind of just looked at the script and kind of just tore it apart of like, what's essentially needed for the story. So for instance, the scene where um, Frankie is talking to her brother, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, the way that I wrote it, I was like, oh, they're at a cafe. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, looking at the script and like what we had available, he was mm-hmm. like, okay, but we don't have a cafe. So right. how about they're just uh, at the house? Right. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, and then it's just kind of like, so yeah, so when we started, before we even started filming, we just kind of like shot down all of my location ideas. Because <laughs> um, I had like a plan where like the drug deal happens at like a park. And he's like, okay, but we'll, we can't do it at a park. So, right. But we like change it to something else. I was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah. let me pause. The the drug deal moment uh, where he, he goes into his, uh, his uh, glove, uh, his... Oy vey. Um <laughs> Words are hard. I, just so you, dear podcast listener, know, it, it is it is in the evening for both Ike and myself, and apparently we've both 
sort of lost the plot a little bit because it's the end of the day. Uh, but yeah, when uh, when he, he goes for the drugs and he's actually also grabbing chips, I mean, that was one of my favorite lines. What is that? Oh, it, it's <laughs> chips. What did you think it was? <laughs> and he's clearly, you know, selling cocaine or something like that. Uh, right. Nice line. Anyways, go ahead. Um, and, and it's funny that you mentioned that too, because um, that's just a little inside joke. I don't even, you know, it's just, I don't even know if people pick up on it, but uh, in my head, um, this character is a very good businessman and he just includes chips with his drugs. That's, <laughs> that's that, that was the whole thing of why those chips are even in there in the first place. It's, nice. Uh, that's his motivation for it. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely. So, you know, before we even started shooting, I think um, Michael saved me from a lot of headache because I think if we did have all those separate locations, um, it, you know, it, we would be trying to do location, sh you know, mm -hmm. uh, switches and mm -hmm. company moves, all mm -hmm. that stuff. And, Absolutely, uh, yeah. It would have been a much bigger headache. So I think that saved us quite a bit. Um, and, you know, like when we were breaking it down, it really, you know, the question we kept asking ourselves is, you know, is the story still there? Um, you know, if it's right. at a cafe or if right. it's here, is the story still there? Well, that's and a great question. If the answer question. is yes, yeah. And if the answer is yes, then it's like, okay, then, then um, there's no reason we can't film it there. So, um, so yeah, production was, um, so, you know, when we started shooting, uh, it, it was, it was pretty well, we definitely ran into some hiccups, uh, you know, normally, um, and we, we, it took, we were planning to shoot it, uh, in two days. Um, mm -hmm. I think it was a 15 page script by that point. So, mm -hmm. um, looking at about seven and a half pages a day, we were like, yeah, we could do it. Most of it's at my house anyway. So, right. um, so yeah, it should be really easy. And then the first day that we shot, of course, it, it, you know, everything started falling apart. Right. Um, and it, the first shot that we did was actually that, that scene where the guy falls down and blood splatters. Oh, right. The, um, shower and as cool as it looks i'm glad it, it worked because uh it was the it was the first shot and then it was also the only shot because um we tried to scrub off that blood and it didn't scrub off so we were like um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. we left it um because my bathroom's definitely not big enough to film this scene so we actually used my in-laws bathroom okay um and so like you know so they didn't know what we were doing up there all of a sudden they just you know they come in and see all this blood everywhere so most of our time is cleaning that and then that set like the whole schedule kind of off. right everything's um, late yeah um so taking it from from there the first day was definitely rough uh second day we came back you know better prepped but because we were just so behind um we didn't even finish filming it and so i was just like you know what let's uh let's just call it um, you know, we got a lot done, but I know mm -hmm. we're going to do reshoots. Just mm -hmm. let me contact you guys in like three weeks and let me like take right. a break. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, those three weeks I think were essentially crucial because I got to edit it within those three weeks and kind of see where the gaps were. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the scenes where they're actually in the restaurant, um, were like the, they were just added last minute because, you know, some things just weren't translating. Well, yeah. Or, yeah. Know, yeah. The performances weren't, mm -hmm. um, not bad, but like they, they weren't what I had originally written. So mm -hmm. the story was kind of taking a different place. So right. like, I think it, as, as, as much as it sucked to not get it done in those two days and just start editing, um, I think it was very crucial to have that, like that error so that I can kind of see where, um, yeah. we could like fix it. Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. You know, I typically, and it makes sense in a lot of ways that for, for, 
all productions of all scales you're going to if you're the director or you know you're one of the creative heads you are in production and you don't really have time to take a break outside of that but i i know that there uh there is a real benefit to being able to uh break it up a little bit i you know and film a little bit here and then do a little bit of editing and uh and 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 find how the flow is actually working because you know, n no, no battle plan survives first contact with the enemy, and I, I know that that is certainly true in filmmaking as well. So it sounds like that actually ended up working out really well for you. It did, yeah. And you know, it, it, like if I were to talk to myself two years ago when I first wrote this script, mm -hmm. um, I'm sure that two years ago would be like, "What the heck? No, you're trying to change my story." Um, but like right now, like I. I honestly, I think it all worked out for the best, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, it's being able to pivot and to, to change plans. I, I know that that's just necessary. We're not doing math here. You know, it's not as if there's only one way to build this bridge. We're not building bridges. We're making something that's supposed to be entertaining. And so there's probably just about as many ways to do it right as there are ways that you can think of. So I'm glad that you're really happy with how it turned out. Uh, were there, what were some of the bigger shifts between your early conceived notion of it and how it ended up turning out? Yeah, um, I think it turned out, so um, one of the key things that uh, was going to, um, I think it would have just changed the whole vibe of it. But um, Aiden, the guy that she kind of mm -hmm. like tests this whole theory on, mm -hmm. um, I wanted him to be this like this douchebag, you know? Oh, okay. That nobody, <laughs> that nobody, you know, I mean, like he is, but the, the douchebag that I was kind of imagining um, for, you know, to put it bluntly, um, I wanted him to be those kind of guys that like, the white guy that tries to act black, you know? Oh, <laughs> like, okay, okay, um, seriously I, I posing. Yeah, like just the, you know, just, you know, talking like an idiot and like, you know, mm -hmm. all like, I think there was one line and I like cringe now that I look at the first draft, but I think there was one line where like she accidentally hits him and then he says like, oh, I'm gonna go get my boys and like, get, and I'm like, why did I write? Like, that just <laughs> sounds like a, such a weird line. <laughs> um, and so that, that honestly didn't change until I saw the audition of the guy who plays that role mm -hmm. and he just the way that he like interpreted it was just a much more like menacing, but like, you know, the, the kind of like charming, almost borderline serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. There were some vibes um, of you coming off of some of those moments for sure. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so him auditioning with that, I'm like, I think that's actually way better. And then thinking about like what I had originally written of like, okay, yeah, this guy might be annoying, but does he deserve to die? Right, <laughs> like, right. Um, and so I kind of just had like a reflection, like maybe I need to change the way that this character is written. And, right. Um, and so it's funny because what the, you know, what the actor auditioned with um, was the lines from like the, the, the douchebag guy. The, you right, know, right. The stereotypical douchebag guy. Um, but just the way that he read those like, two lines I was I changed the entire character <laughs> um so that's a that's one that I would say is like a, a big um like crucial change that I think yeah. changed uh everything about how Frankie reacts to him and how mm -hmm. the, you know how the whole film is perceived as um you know I think it helps with like that shift too because I think if, if he did play that like 
that almost goofy like stereotype um i think it would have been you know comedy like 80 percent of the film and then just this weird like you know, like I said, right. that tug that I don't want to give people whiplash on. Right, um, right. I think it I think it definitely would have been like that whiplash kind of change because, you know, I have this goofy stereotypical character. Right. And then we're killing him and now, mm -hmm. you know. So right. I think the yeah, I think that's one of the changes that I was like really happy with that we that uh that I have, you know, happened um organically through just the process of the film. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that makes sense, you know, it's it's important to know what you have. I I remember hearing a story years ago about uh, Tom Hanks and Forrest Gump, and Forrest Gump ended up hinging entirely on whether or not they could find the child who would play, you know, the young Forrest Gump. And the casting director saw thousands and thousands of kids trying to find just the right person, and they ended up in some small town somewhere in somewhere in, 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 the, in, the, in the South and they found the kid who just happens to be just perfect for it. And Forrest Gump ended up basing his accent, uh, which is, you know, so well known, so characteristic mm -hmm. of such a, such a, you know, a timeless classic on, on the kid. <laughs> so, uh, you know, when we, we think of auteurs and uh, at least some people tend to think, oh, I have my vision and it must be exactly this way. But I feel like so often in real life, if you let your vision just sort of be permeated with the reality of what you're facing, uh, that that can be so much better than having sort of a conflict that gets woven into it at the very base level. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, kind of just going back to the, the level of filmmaker that I'm at, um, I think that was something just that I had to learn in general, too, is just to kind of like humble myself because I was definitely that kind mm. when I was like, you know, fresh out of high school, going mm -hmm. into college. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and I just had that mentality of like, no, like I'm a genius and I'm going to be famous. And, <laughs> right. And I, you know, all, all filmmakers come across it. But I think definitely at this right. level, um, you know, realizing where other people's talents lie and mm -hmm. um, you know they're like trusting that actor enough to kind of give me a different point of view on how mm -hmm. things could be um and again like I, th I think it's just key to like kind of look at it as like a you know you're a team and, right you know if uh if this was a sport like the the actors are like the athletes and like right. they're the ones that are going to make the plays so like let's just make sure that we guide them into um, yeah you know what's what's best for the story and not kind of putting my ego into that yeah absolutely that makes a lot of sense so where do you where do you see yourself going on your on your journey as a filmmaker what what is this what is this moment looking like for you? As we were talking before we began to roll, you were saying that you have you have a one-year-old child. So it sounds like, I, I mean, essentially based on that fact alone, I'm sure that your life is probably sort of crazy right now. Um, so where where do you find yourself at in this moment, and where would you like to like to see yourself in in a year and in, in a few years uh, when it comes to filmmaking? Yeah, um, it's you know it's kind of interesting because. Um... Like if I'm being terribly honest, mm -hmm. the the filmmaking process is definitely. Um, I'm sure it's no secret to filmmakers themselves, but for anybody getting into film, uh, warning: it's it's horrendous. It's it's kind of <laughs> a lot of headaches, and mm -hmm. every time mm -hmm. I'm going through the process of filmmaking, you know, I always get to the point where it's like, do I even want to do this anymore? Right. Like, <laughs> and it and it's hard. It's especially again at this level mm -hmm. where um, you know I. 
it's it's it gets harder and harder when you have a family and you have to justify like oh but I want to spend five hundred dollars to make this film that's right 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 go anywhere and not going to give us money <laughs> right um, there's no there's no return and so like even on top of you know even when you're not making any money you still have to almost like pitch it to to um, you know make sure people still think that you're sane <laughs> right <laughs> um, of you know because again why why would anybody want to spend five hundred dollars on on nothing essentially because <laughs> that's essentially what my film feels like is that it's it's re it really is nothing it's um in well, the, you know the yeah. practical sense of like it's it's not like yeah it's just a story is what <laughs> right right i mean you, yeah you didn't you <laughs> didn't make a washing machine that you can you know that you can patent and make millions on and you didn't you know buy buy something that's really practical because film by its very nature isn't really practical uh right, yeah, yeah. Um, it, sorry, just a quick tangent. It was kind of funny because um, I so my day job is I, I work with um, like a design team hmm. um, for this uh, reading company and our power just went out. Um, and so we were all kind of just sitting in the dark for an hour and I like made the joke <laughs> that I was like, you know, if the if the world ever just like if the Internet ever just shut off like we'd all be out of the job and we'd have like no purpose because <laughs> there's really like we don't have any skills that are like, but but um so yeah anyway going back to like the after so the aftermath of, of finishing ghosted um i i was just kind of really exhausted and i'm, I'm mm -hmm. still actually i like i know we finished it um you know a few months ago but like i'm still mm -hmm. kind of at that point where it's like i i'm still really exhausted and i honestly don't know um, if I want to keep doing this. And so hmm. I, as far as like where I see myself, the thing that has been troubling me since I got into this in the first place is that, um, you know, with filmmaking, you just, you really don't know anything. <laughs> yes. Uh, and no, and nobody knows anything, you know, there's been countless stories where shows became super successful and, you know, it was, uh, um, you know, like it, it was just like a, a dumb idea and they thought it was a, a throwaway idea, but then mm -hmm. being super successful. Right. Yeah. But then there's also been like really, really good stories out there that um, just, Absolutely. you know, Absolutely. You know, the prime example that I use is Firefly is a beautiful, sh like wonderful show. And it mm -hmm. only got one season because they mm -hmm. didn't think that it would <laughs> succeed. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah. So yeah. So again, like just having that, like, it, you know, I, I feel like you have to have a gambling addiction to like really love <laughs> film because and and unfortunately I just I don't have um, that so as far as like where I'm going I know it's kind of a weird like mm -hmm. cynical way to look at film but um, I, I I know where my talent lies but like something that I've realized is that talent doesn't always matter it really just it it really is to me a gamble on whether people are gonna be successful in filmmaking yeah. um, I hmm. I don't. You know, I don't, I don't like thinking I'm the best film director ever, but like I, I definitely see some projects getting funded by like, you know, these huge backers and they get hundreds of thousands of dollars mm -hmm. and they, and I'm like, oh, but that's not a good film, but then they make their money back. So it's like, oh, like maybe it is a good film. Right. I don't know what I'm talking about. Or right. even the films that I did, did make, um, I'll show them to like some family or friends and, you know, some of them just, they, that's not their kind of movie. So. Right. Right. Uh, they don't like it. So, so again, it's just such an unpredictable um, line of work to be in um, that I've really just kind of boiled down to. I I don't know if I really want to like do this anymore hmm. as a profession, but hmm. I do have like 
two or three more stories that I know that have like it, I have been with me. Right. And I know that this is just a, the only outlet that I can express those stories. Right. Um, so again, I, I, I'm sorry if I, I, I kind of feel like I um, <laughs> took a cynical route of, of filmmaking. <laughs> but um, yeah, so as far as like five years, as long as I tell those stories, um, I'm good. Mm -hmm. And if those and if somebody likes those stories and if somebody wants to pick it up, like, I absolutely I'll totally take that story to the end. But like, right now, it's just kind of boiled down to like, I, I just want to tell those stories. And mm -hmm. after that, if nothing happens of it, I, uh, you know, that's probably the end of my filming career. But um, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, there's, I, I mean, thank you for your honesty. And I think that uh, there is something we need to give ourselves permission as people to to try something and for it to not work out and for that to be okay because you know it, it might be and and not to say that that will happen i mean life is a long road and it sounds like your life is really busy and crazy right now and maybe it maybe it will continue to be that way indefinitely but i know for those friends of mine who you know their kids are finally now in in school and you know okay I just sent my kid off into into preschool and suddenly I have hours back in the day where I can focus and and be an adult and I don't have to try to help somebody you know uh, use the toilet <laughs> and and suddenly it's like oh I'm a whole new person I, like the you know and not to say that that's the situation that you'll end up in but I think that it is it is good to be to be able to say, yeah, I, I liked this, and this was this was a time where I really enjoyed kind of working on this on this art form, telling these fun stories, and I, I loved it, and I did it with my friends, and I had a great time, and and you know now is not that time anymore, and I, I think that there's actually, you know, this is this is a podcast uh, for people who make short films, and short films by their very nature are sort of halfway to a lot of things, and they're always sort of a fool's errand, and we're tilting at windmills. So, I mean, you know, and thank you for being honest about it, and I'm, yeah. I, I imagine I, that that would be, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know how that makes you feel if, uh, <laughs> if you feel like, oh, wah, wah, there's a trombone in the background, or, <laughs> or if you feel like, no, I, I feel pretty good about this. Uh, yeah, uh, like, again, if, if I'm being honest with myself, like, again, I, I have those, like, few stories that, like, I want to tell, and once I tell them, I'm good, but, like, I, I feel like I'm always going to be a storyteller, mm -hmm. there's some outlets that, like, you know, um, have have been a available to me now that I just didn't understand were mm -hmm. available to me always, so, like, one of the things that I am kind of taking interest in is, like, animation and, mm. and writing, like, mm -hmm. um, you know, like, maybe some poems and like some voice acting to kind mm -hmm. of, you know, to ha kind of have those creative outlets. And, and right. even with like film, you know, I, I say that like, oh, I'm going to make those films and then I'm going to give up. But like, you know, I, I also met some great filmmakers and some great people mm -hmm. and who have helped me create my vision. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like at that point I could be passionate about helping them create their vision. And, you know, some of them have already hit me up like, oh, well, like, hey, I have this story that I kind of want to help. And I like right. the writing style, you know, yeah. so like, I, even though I say I'm not going to like do any film, you know, I'll, I'll still probably help filmmakers. Right. And absolutely. Find some joy and like, cause mm -hmm. it, it, I feel like that's really the, the thing of it is, um, you know, if we're being honest with filmmakers, when I'm making a film, the honest thing that I want is to people to give me attention <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and to watch my film and tell me I did good. And, um, so it's always like finding that satisfaction. And when you mm -hmm. don't get that satisfaction, that's where it kind of gets in that depression. Hmm. 
Yeah. Um, so hmm. like, I'll, I'll still help people make their films and seeing them and their vision come to life like that. Mm -hmm. It gives me that satisfaction that I, that I look for when I join any art project. Mm -hmm. um, and same with like, you know, doing some animations, even though my animation looks like crap, I get that satisfaction. Right. Like, oh, well, at least I learned something. So, so that's, I guess that's where I should kind of, so that it's not completely cynical. And never, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it, oops, some people reach that point of exhaustion and, and some people don't. And I, you know, I don't think, you know, I don't want to say like, oh, don't get into filmmaking. <laughs> it's right. going to exhaust you, but like, just be prepared for it. That's what's going to happen. And, you know, you just got to have an honest conversation with yourself. And absolutely, I led to, yeah, that's, this is just the path that I've been led to. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. Well, I, thank you so much. This has been really a great conversation and a very frank conversation. Thank you for that. Uh, oh, so yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me too. It's um, yeah. a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, this has been a great discussion. And uh, thanks again, Ike. And thank you all for listening to Cheat the Camera. Please comment and rate Cheat the Camera on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. And it's the best way to help spread the word and uh, help people just like you. So you can get in touch with me by contacting me at cheatthecamera.com. Thanks for listening.